Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm your host, Camry Widmer, and today our guest is Brandon Edwards. And Brandon wears lots of hats within the industry. He is the head rodeo coach at Colorado Mesa University, a professional rodeo announcer, an avid team roper. He was once pursuing a career as an opera singer. He works for Helomatic Training Systems. He is the family man and all sorts of other things that this guy has going on and has experienced. He is a true inspiration, and this podcast is going to give you chills. It will totally shift your perspective on your goals, on the way that you live your life, on what's happening in the industry, and on how much power we all have as individuals to make our dreams come true. So you won't want to miss this one. Put your phones down if you're riding in the back seat and turn up the volume. This one is for every single person of all ages in all disciplines and walks of life, no matter if you're a cowboy or a cowgirl or a professional person that wears a suit and tie every day or a gardener or no matter what you do, you do not have to be part of the Western industry to absolutely love this podcast. The content of this podcast was recorded during our monthly RodeoKids.com Zoom that is open to the public. It takes place the last Tuesday of every month at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. You can follow us on social media or check it out on the website to find the link and see who next month's guest is. These are awesome podcasts that everybody is invited to attend that are inspirational where we bring in people from all different walks of the industry. Last month, we had Dustin Kimsey, who is a trick rider, barrel racer, all-around cowgirl, and now her and her husband own a rodeo company. We had Hunter Ream. We've had world champions uh, and just all kinds of different people that join us on these Zooms to provide information for your family to help them and support them in getting to the next level and achieving those gold buckle dreams. So check those out on the RodeoKids.com social media platforms, the website, invite your friends the last Tuesday of every month at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on Zoom. So let's get to this podcast that is on fire. Um, yeah, so guys, my name is Brandon Edwards. I'm a coach at Colorado Mesa. I also have my PRCA card as an announcer uh, and also work uh, the Rodeos Association as well, actually, in primary. I'm just kind of getting started into the PRCA. Uh, now I do contract work and sales for um, Helomatic at times, different shows and different events that they do. And pretty much I've been very blessed, especially in the last couple of years, that the majority of my living has been able to come out of the, the rodeo Western industry in, in some way. So uh, that's kind of what I figured I would talk to you guys a little bit about today is um, kind of talk to you about how you can look at a lot of the different facets of the industry that we are involved in um, and realize that there are different ways to, to make a living in it, to, to pursue it, other than just maybe the cut and dry way of somebody thinking they need to be a uh, professional rodeo cowboy or cowgirl um, on the competitive side. Obviously, that's a great option as well. But really, when you want to look at the moving pieces, there are just dozens and dozens and dozens of other options. So um, a little bit about me, I, I rode it all through high school and college. Uh, I it a little bit. Um, and then really, uh, I actually moved away to pursue some other things non-rodeo related. Uh, I spent 
time in the in the live performance space for music theater and opera that's actually what I graduated college with was a degree in opera as weird as that is to say out loud now with a cowboy hat on um and as weird as it was to, to even talk about at that point but it was just a different passion that I had and, and uh I'd always liked singing and that was the route that I kind of thought was the best way to go for me at the time uh loved it absolutely had a blast with it and got to live in Seattle for two years kind of let it run its course, made sure that I really dedicated a lot of time to it to pursue it to its fullest to make sure that I really gave it its chance. Um, it just came to the conclusion that honestly, the city wasn't where I wanted to live. And if you're going to make a living in that space, uh, you're going to have to live in a city. because That's just where that market is. And so I uh, took that as a calling to do something different and moved, uh, moved back to Colorado. So um, then started announcing a couple of years later and found kind of my niche in that performance space is something that I liked in the music and the um, talking entertaining part and that's kind of gone uh through the roof ever since and then I actually rodeoed for Colorado Mesa it was where I grew up and I rodeoed there when I was in college but it was when the program was basically run as an independent you, you rodeoed for yourself and you didn't really rodeo for the school and so when the opportunity came up that the school um outlined that they wanted to build a program into something that was official um I was one of the first to put my applications in because of just in all, very honestly, my desire to, to make it something that was going to grow and knowing that I had a lot of local ties as a lot of connections in the, uh, the more professional side of the industry to try to really upgrade that program, let it grow and try to get students to come to our, our town. Um, we've got a great agricultural base. He's in our, our area. We have a lot of uh, what I call our tourist trap rodeos all around. So there really is a big outlet for rodeo. It was just something the school had never connected with. And so that was our way of of trying to grow that. So um, here I am now. So I guess to talk a little bit about why my job as Cameron saying is, is non-traditional is one thing that you will definitely learn if you want to be in the industry, as Cameron and I were talking about beforehand, is you have to be mobile. There will be travel involved. Um, there's obviously travel involved at every level, whether you're just going to high school rodeos and junior high rodeos um, or in any other state, but especially as an announcer, Obviously, I have to be there on location. Um, Camry's an amazing example of somebody who's done both because not only does she run her online store, run rodeo kids that, that she does where she can be remote and shipping from a place, but also a lot of that very personal connection people still comes from being in a location with the ability to talk to people. So the, the one big thing about the rodeo lifestyle, no matter what you're doing, that I will tell you is you have to be able and be able to willing to travel because there's just no substitution. Zoom calls are amazing. They're one of the greatest inventions in the world. But being able to just randomly run into somebody and make a connection that's not planned and not scripted and just get introduced to somebody by walking down a hallway and seeing somebody you know, that only happens when you attend events, when you go to rodeos, when you're setting up at booths. So obviously a big factor. Um, the other side of it really is wide open as far as any other industry that you're in. It's the same. You have sales, which means you're providing a product or service to somebody else. Um, you have organization, you have management. Uh, this weekend, for an example, I got to spend a lot of time with a gentleman by the name of Corey Wall, who is actually the general manager of the Pikes Peaker Bus Rodeo in Colorado Springs. So they put on a you know a huge PRCA rodeo every year. And that's his job is to just organize that rodeo every year. He branches off and does a couple others as well. 
but he makes a, a good living, but he puts on these amazing events that have all of the pieces of rodeo in together as an entertainment sport from actually organizing the PRCA and the rodeo side to everything from every act and funny man and set of trick riders and everybody that comes in. Not only does he organize them and get sponsors and talk to community, but he puts the whole show together and goes minute by minute by minute knows how it goes. The other part of, of rodeo that comes with almost every facet they do is community relations. And that's a really big thing that actually as, as rodeo people, I feel we have an advantage in because every one of us that grew up in a rodeo environment had the proverbial village raising us as kids that smacked us around a little bit if we started being lippy or you know you had that um, really good base of, of ethics and being raised and sportsmanship and that ties so wonderfully into business because it's how you make those personal connections about being able to trust each other and as rodeo people we've got that advantage because that's something we do really naturally and so it, that will, will translate into a big thing, but community relationships um, commits right after that because every rodeo has to have funding. You've got to be able to make money from it. So any of the money that you have within the industry might come from people who need the services like I need a saddle or I need tack, but then it's also the entertainment value of those dollars of saying, I as a business want to sponsor this event because I think my product and services that are not rodeo related will be marketed really well by being on the banner at the wall of an arena you have to have somebody to be able to make that connection and that's that's a huge part of the deal so um, that that's kind of the baseline of everything that i do in rodeo is the ability to to talk and identify what is most needed in that given situation and, and then trying to provide that um, and that's from being in sales at helomatic to being an announcer and trying to communicate best to an audience <clears throat> and then the same thing as, as a rodeo coach both with getting my community involved in my program. And then also as reaching out to students to give them the best opportunity to come and compete and, and give them, try to let them know that we think this is the best landing spot for them and show them why and, and give them those opportunities and kind of facilitate any opportunities that they might need uh, to practice, to improve as they want to pick a major in college. It's our job to get back to them and, and to communicate that. So um, really it, it's an endless, cycle of opportunities you just have to uh to jump in and i think the one um the best advice i ever got this comes from the theater side of things it's kind of weird but the best advice i ever got is that your yes and do is always more powerful than your no and don't okay what that means for me is if you say if somebody tells you hey do you want to go practice no you want to go ride around in the hot sun for half an hour, keeping your horses in shape? No, I really don't want to do that. Do you want to go lift weights in the morning? No, I really don't want to do that. So those no's, no's, no's just stopped something from happening. Even if it's a, hey, do you, uh, yeah, well, I'll come back to that. So those no's stop you from doing anything. The opposite side is, do you want to win? Yes. That's what you need to do. You need to go practice. You need to go ride your horse when it's hot and you need to go lift weights, okay? So that yes just took care of all the other no's because it's obvious what is needed to get that. Where I translate that into my life a lot of times is on the yes side of things of is even when I talk about what gigs I take and what, what rodeos I take is I look at it and I go, what are my priorities with it? What am I trying to say yes to in my life? 
Am I trying to say yes, that I want my career as announcer to go higher? And so then that says, okay, do I want to take this gig that maybe pays less, but allows me to meet people in a certain space? Yes. Okay. So the answer is yes. Then you, then you go forward with it. Do I want to spend time at home with my family this weekend instead of taking this gig? And if I say yes, that's okay. Because that yes gives you a confidence and a peace in your heart that you know that you're okay with, with saying that. Because if you just say no to something, then it just leaves all of these other options that could have arbitrarily come from that just wide open with, to me, a lot of questions about the what ifs and the what happens and the what goes. Uh, in, in a competition setting, if you're a timed event person, how many times have you ever heard somebody say, hey, don't break the barrier? Okay, great. So that takes one option off the table. Don't break the barrier. What about being two foot late? That's going to do you the same amount of good. Whereas if you say my yes is, okay, I want to ride the barrier as if I'm just going to give the calf six inches more. And I'm going to pick a specific spot, have a specific yes about when I'm going to go. Then I just accomplished both things. I gave myself the best opportunity not to break the barrier, but I also eliminated all the other negative variables that could come with uncertainty and not having a specific plan. So uh, the guy that gave me that actually was talking about something completely irrelevant to rodeo at the time, but it was something that really, really stuck with me because it's something I've been able to put into practice for a lot of things, because then it really does allow you the, uh, the confidence, I guess, in our personal lives to take something that might be uncomfortable and put you out of your comfort zone and take something that might be very unpleasant in the moment, like lifting weights or, you know, sweating outside in the sun. But it gives you a real joy sometimes when you can say like, oh, I'm doing this because I'm saying yes to something in my future. And so um, that's the- I that's love the that. That's yeah. powerful. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up, you know, because that's so true that it's for all of life, you know, like right now there's some big decisions that I get to make and you guys all have big decisions in your lives that you get to make. And if we focus on our, on the end goal and what it is that we want to accomplish, then we worry about the rest of it. We don't even worry about it. But like he said, then you have the yeses because you know that you have to do those things to get to the end goal. So if you can say yes to you want to win state or you want to call a rodeo or you want to get a new horse or, or whatever it is, or you want to get an A on your test, then yes, you have to do all the other things. So I definitely wrote that one down. That's very, very good. Perfect. The other, the other one that actually that same guy told me and, and that also stuck with me is practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes progress. And I was somebody who, especially at a, about that time that I started really having some success in my, my rodeo, you know, when I was in high school, when I was like, oh, I'm starting to get this, like, I'm feeling really confident about this. Then all of a sudden I would get really good. And then I had the understanding of just like how much better people were that you know were pros and stuff that were better than me and it just all of a sudden just jolted my confidence the other way because I was like oh my gosh like I'm really was happy about how good I was here but these guys are here like I'm never going to get there and the guy told me again something about something completely unrelated to the rodeo because he wasn't a rodeo guy but he, he made sure to say that practice doesn't make perfect because you're never if you're practicing you're obviously not perfect and everybody's practicing so nobody's perfect but if you're practicing and you make progress, 
then you've got something else to build on and it means your practice was worth it. And that really gave me a lot of release in my career going up of going like, all right, I don't have to be here tomorrow. I don't have to be here today, but I just have to be, if I started here, I got to be here and then here and then here and then here and then here. So that was, yeah. that's the other piece of advice that I can give to anybody. Yeah. One of the most powerful um, YouTube videos that I probably ever watched uh, recently it was of this gentleman who had decided he wanted to become the valedictorian. And some of you may have heard this story before because I've shared I've it. In seen a couple it. Of I've podcasts. seen this video. If it's the one I'm thinking about, I love it. Yeah. And where, you know, he, he accomplishes the goal and then it's like 15 seconds of fame, you know, like when you win a trophy or you win a saddle or you win a buckle, when you reflect back on that, it's more about the journey and the progress that you made, because as soon as you accomplish that one goal, you already have another one set or you set one way before you even accomplished it because you're constantly making progress. So in the practice doesn't make perfect, it makes progress. You know, we don't get to the end goal and then stop, you know, we just set another one. So embracing the journey and the people and the memories and the lessons, that's what it's all about. And that's what makes it fun because if it was just trophies, none of us would do it because we wouldn't really care because the people wouldn't be there to celebrate with us you can only wear one buckle at a time so you know win, winning another buckle some it's always nice yes and that's that's a goal but you can only wear one buckle at a time so you know is that really the goal that you need another buckle or is the goal the ability to spend time in arenas and on some of the greatest horses that we ever get to ride and being around class acts of people who who push you and encourage you and um make you better and, and if you if you live exactly like Cameron is telling you I will guarantee you that it will actually show up more in the places in your life where you weren't thinking it was going to show up and it just makes you a better person because then you don't get frustrated by failure at all it, it, it's really amazing if you can truly believe that and have those goals set your your whole life elevates to where all of a sudden everything is an adventure and what you get to learn more so than a a battle about what you're trying to accomplish and then you all of a sudden end up accomplishing great things yes there's a quote and it's something like attitude is the difference between an ordeal and an adventure so if we have a good attitude then whatever we're going through whatever the journey or whatever the obstacle it can be fun and we can look at it as like okay what can i gain out of this or if we get frustrated and angry and and bitter and resistant, then it doesn't make it fun. And so then it's an ordeal. So it's all up to us on how we choose to view everything. And, um, you know, as you guys, almost all of you are pony pros or part of the Rodeo Kids Ambassadors, um, we get to take our experiences and help others too. You know, Brandon's a coach and, um, you know, with everything that we're doing, we get to do so much more than just the trophies and just the memories for ourselves, but we get to pay it forward too. So that makes it that much more special as well. Yes. Yeah. Cause I think the other, you know, the other thing, just remember like a, a big thing, almost every year I, I sit down and I have my kids that come into like the rodeo team for the first year, we always sit down and kind of have an orientation and the last three years, the first thing I tell them is I want you to live your life like you're the 1%. And for those of you who might have a, like a read some newspapers and stuff, there's 
I did it on purpose wording it this way because there's always this negative connotation about you're the one percenters and there's these people that everybody thinks the one percent of people that have a certain level of success are uh, evil or something. And my ideal is to, to preach it to my kids in this way of you are the one percent because you get to do something every single day that 99% of the world wakes up and that would be like their pipe dream to do. Like that would be something that they could not imagine they would be lucky to get to do. And we get to go out and we get to saddle up a horse every day if we want to. You have ridden in an arena with the music blaring and big moments on the line and people cheering for you and you get to the back in the box and, and have that. Or you get to like... I mean, you get to get down on a bull and, and have that excitement. Whatever it is, that stuff that 99% of the world will never get to experience, that they will never get to know what that life is like. And so my big thing is treat every single day like you're the 1% and have gratitude in your heart for that. Because if you are thankful for that, if, if you're thankful for what your, your parents have done for you with the fact that they have given you this gift and the ability to be a part of this life. If you are thankful for the gate man who's at the end of the arena volunteering their time to help out at the rodeo, if you are thankful for the rodeo secretary who keeps everything organized, if you realize that all of those things are, are playing pieces into this amazing life that you get to lead and you have that gratitude, same thing your attitude changes and it becomes incredibly easy to deal with any frustrations that might happen during the day because you're, you're so overwhelmed with gratitude about this amazing experience that you're getting that one little snafu doesn't actually even phase you. Like, you know, who, who cares if they loaded the wrong calf? It's one human mistake in this entire beautiful day of everybody making a rodeo happen. You know, I, I mean, the little details become the little, the little details and the big picture becomes this thing of how lucky we are and how exciting it is to be a part of this life. Do you guys get like goosebumps over that? Like I get goosebumps and excited hearing stuff like that. Like it just puts things into perspective and perspective is so important. If we can constantly, like even this morning, for instance, I was having a morning and I was frustrated and big decisions to be made and competitions coming up and trade shows and all of this stuff. And I was getting to feel a little overwhelmed. And so I went for a run and got some fresh air and I shifted my perspective into being grateful and into being thankful. And all of a sudden, all my problems went away. My problems became opportunities and I got to become excited about them again. And I got to change my, got to change my attitude from it being an ordeal of all of this stuff that I have to do or that I want to do, and I got to change it to, I get to do this and I'm thankful and I get to be the 1% of people that gets to do a rodeokids.com, that gets to do this Zoom with you guys, that gets to go to the trade shows, that gets to give a lesson and saddle up a horse tonight and shifting our perspective. And it only takes that much. It's okay to have those days where you're frustrated. It's okay to be angry for a short amount of time, as long as you can shift out of it. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Shifting is important. Yeah, yeah. Being able, being able to have perspective that allows you to to then look at it like, oh, that is just a moment. That's not my mm -hmm. life. My life's not bad. I don't, I don't need to get down about that. That that's not a thing that's a habit or indicative about who I am as a person. That's a one little mistake in an entire experience of yeah. amazing. It's an things. event. 
One thing that we've learned a lot about, I'm in a leadership program uh, myself that's four months long because I believe that leadership never ends. Even though I'm in a leadership position with you guys, I'm still learning all the time. And so I'm in this program and we talk a lot about things being events instead of ordeals. So we get to look at them as neutral. And this is something that all of you get to take to the practice pin and to your relationships with your parents. Uh, Because I know I'm sure all of you get frustrated sometimes and pick at each other and stuff. Can you guys relate to that? (laughs) Raise your hand if you guys, do you guys ever get frustrated with your parents? Yeah. Do your parents get frustrated? Yeah. Yeah. So what happens when we do that is we assign a meaning to it. But what we can do is take a step back and look at it as an event. This thing just happened. I get to look at it as neutral and we get to, what did I learn from it? What could I have done differently? And then we get to put it in the past and we get to move forward. But if we keep it as more than an event and we add all this negativity to it, we make it an ordeal, doesn't work out very well. So we get to shift, we get to own up to if we're the ones who are being kind of little jerks. I've been that person before. You know, I've been not very nice to my mom when she was just trying to help me. But as long as I own it and I say, hey, mom, I'm sorry. I know you were just trying to help me. This is what frustrated me or coach, you know, like coach, this is this is where I got irritated. This is where the flip switched for me to where I felt like I was getting pushed or pressured or I got frustrated. And I apologize for that. And uh, one way that I would appreciate you approaching it in the future is maybe this way, or if you see this, maybe handle it this way and suggestions, give suggestions, but then also take a deep breath and then be willing to say, what advice do you have for me? I'm open to hearing it now. Yes. Yes. And ask questions. I cannot ask questions. Like I said, this week I got to meet Corey the first time. You've got a gentleman here who like literally does this for a living. So he is in rodeo day in and day out. I have someone who's been making a living as an announcer since 2017. So I could claim that I know a lot about what I'm talking about. And yet here's this gentleman, this wealth of knowledge and so friendly, so amazingly willing to answer any of my questions about the events that he's done and the way that he goes about it. And some of the stuff that he's, he's a part of it was this amazing learning experience for me. And I, I can't stress that enough to everybody. There's a, a video you talk about watching videos on the internet. I watched one of Steve Jobs the other day doing an interview and it was when he was young. And he literally at that time, somehow tracked down the number for Hewlett Packard when he was a kid, when he was 12 years old, he tracked down the number uh, for the guy who owned Hewlett Packard, which is now a you know, name brand and printing and told the guy, I want to learn about making this stuff. Can you help me? And the guy's like, yeah, show up tomorrow. You got a job. But like, it's just it's just because he took the initiative to ask. If you've got a question about stuff, ask. We love talking about our sport. We, there, there's people everywhere. I've never met somebody, uh, especially in the rodeo world. You know, maybe in, I've heard stories of other sports where people are so ultra competitive that they don't want to give you advice because they're afraid that you're going to beat them or whatnot. I have never encountered that in rodeo, ever. I have never met somebody in rodeo who if you took the initiative and you put out the effort to want to get better and want to understand something that they wouldn't just be willingly gushing information at you. 
So always, if you ever have any questions, I mean this even for now for us and, 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 and Camry, but for anybody else that you guys see that's in the rodeo world or the space or even somebody that you see that you don't know, but you're like, my gosh, that's really cool what they're doing. Ask them, just, just ask. I mean, they'll, they'll, you'll probably get more information than you ever thought possible. Yeah. Do you guys remember when we talked to Hunter, Hunter Reem? You remember what, what he said? Amazing, by the way. He is. He's awesome. We talked to him right after the American. So we had a really cool opportunity. And do you remember what he said about how he's getting to go to all these places and stay with all these people? Can somebody unmute and tell me what he said? Lily? He said that he stayed many places. Like I know he stayed at Tyson Durfee's and a lot of other people with a lot yeah. of other people. Do you remember how we said he made that happen? I, I think he, no, I'm not answering. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, or at least for Tyson Durfee, I think he asked him on Facebook one time. Yeah, he just asked, didn't he? He asked the question. He put himself in a position where if the answer is no, are you, did you go backwards? No. no. You're still in the same place that you were, but you're actually one step closer because you overcame a fear. So just keep asking. And like his situation, obviously, 99% of the time, people in this industry say yes. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And if you yeah. guys have any questions as we're talking, type them in the chat and we'll get to them here in just a little bit. Okay. All right. I got a question for you, Kevin, because I always wanted to ask oh. you this question. Okay. How many, how many, how many books do you read a year? How many books do you think you read a year? Oh, I'm kind of, I'm slacking this year. Um, but usually I try to read at least one a month. And then I listen to a lot of podcasts like, um, and I kind of go in spurts, like there's times that I'll go through and I'll listen to 10 podcasts a day, you know, they'll just be on play. Um, I also listen to like, there's a handful of YouTube videos, like motivational videos that I listen to. Um, one of them is called Good by Jocko. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that one? Yep. yep. Yeah. Have you guys heard that? I think I've posted it in the Rodeo Kids stuff. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'll post it again so you guys can listen to it. It's short and sweet. Um, another one is called Jump by Steve Harvey. Have you heard that one? Mm -hmm. That one's good. Um, yeah. And then I'll just go through and there's feeds that I just push play and it's an hour long of motivational videos and it gets me pumped up and it helps me remember my vision and it helps me remember what God has put in my heart is to help you guys and to be a part of this industry because I believe in it so much. And just like Brandon said, when we started the values, the morals, the characters and everything about it, um, we see it lacking in so many places in this world. And so you guys are an awesome example and you are the leaders of the future. You know, you're the hard work and the ethic and the passion that you guys have and what you do every day. And I see it on your posts on rodeokids.com and on the ambassadors team. Like you guys make a difference for so many kids. And I know you don't see it, but I get messages from people all the time that are like, yeah, we've been watching the videos. We've been doing this. We've been doing that. And we follow the rodeo kids ambassadors and our following this year, because it's the first year for the, the um, Facebook page on the ambassadors, went from zero in January to over 400 right now. And it grows every single day. So you guys are making a difference. 
So I bring that up as as a way to introduce to you guys. Cameron, I I knew the answer would be kind of a beverage because her and I have swapped titles back and forth, you know, on yeah. Facebook. One of us is always putting something on, hey, which what's your best book you've read in the last six months or something? Because um, I actually make all my rodeo kids uh, write me a book report every semester. And I let them get away. They can do an audio book because especially, like I said, you travel a lot. You got a lot of windshield time and a lot of time in that truck. So educational podcasts, you know, in anything that's informative or really good nonfiction books are a great way to keep your brain working while you're mind-numbingly staring at the window down the same road that you've driven you know what feels like every day for the past past year um but what i was gonna say is that counts as practice to me when i tell kids to practice it's okay to practice something that's not the thing that they're doing but if you practice actually discerning knowledge by listening to some of those podcasts reading books that are going to give you more information that's practice. It's the same as lifting weights on a muscle group that might not be the, you know, the primary muscle group you need. I don't know how many, you know, world's strongest man competitions you've watched, but they don't all just sit here doing chests and shoulders. You know, they, they got to work every element of their bodies. So if you sometimes go out of that comfort zone, you never know what you're going to latch onto and you're going to find some really, really good advice and some really good perspective that might help you guys uh, compete. And the best way to do that is by, um, you know, reading books, like she's listening to podcasts and I'm the first one to admit that sometimes I'm really guilty of, I got 20 minutes to kill someplace. I pull out my little phone and I'm like, Ooh, brick basher. Yay. Something that's pointless and a game and doesn't do anything. And about five minutes in, I've gotten better at trying to catch myself and go, well, you know what? You've got this 20 minutes. Like, even if you're just sitting here killing time, this podcast could actually be constructive instead of just playing a game not saying you can't play games it's not saying it's not fun but you know definitely some perspective you know if you spend a lot of time in the truck going to rodeos and things with with your folks um you know there's there's a lot of time where you can still be increasing the quality of your life and the quality of your your kind of personal education really really easily in that same amount of time that you're not committed to doing anything else but uh but sitting in a truck seat if I've learned anything from the people that we've talked to through these Zooms and the podcast and the friends and that I've, the people that I've met who I envision as successful, who are at the top of the leaderboard, who are successful in their business, they all have that kind of mindset where they put the phone down or they put the games down and they pick it up and they read a book or they listen to the podcast and they always are striving to get just a little bit better. And that is what's going to set you apart in the long run. Yeah, a lot. Yes. Okay, so what you're an announcer and you're a team roper and you're a coach and you understand all aspects of it, you know, but from the announcer stand, like you get to see a lot of things happening in the arena. Mm -hmm. What's some advice and some things that you've seen that are good and some things that when you look down, you think, uh-uh, don't be doing that. <clears throat> from like uh, from like what I see the competitors do in the arena? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll phrase it like this is remember that somebody's all watching. The minute that you commit yourself to walking in that arena and taking that challenge on in life, and by saying I'm going to enter a rodeo even – you are putting yourself out there for the world to see. And that's a really can be a very pressure laden spot because as humans, 
if we fail at something, we can get really embarrassed. And sometimes as, as people getting really, really embarrassed does not bring out the best in us. And I had a huge issue with that when I was younger. I'll, I was, um, I was somebody in high school and college that I'm not proud of today. Be, I'll be a hundred percent honest of, I was not who I was not great to, uh, be around when I, when I lost, I was very unpleasant. I was very angry. I was very, very much prone to lashing out. And that does include probably jerking on some horses that sure did not deserve it. Um, and I, that's something I'm not proud of, uh, at all today, but something I've gotten a lot better at with the help of some very sincere people that I've kind of asked them to hold me accountability, uh, accountable and, and throughout the years I've grown past that, but there was a very big time in my life. And so as an announcer, maybe it's just cause I'm sensitive to it, but I see that perspective a lot is I, I'm not trying to, to, to be too big picture on you guys, but the sport of rodeo has two audiences that watch it and you have the informed audience and you have the uninformed audience. You have people watching you at a rodeo that know rodeo and they love it and they're there. Those are the, the people that show up to a slack at a rodeo, not the people that show up to a performance. You have the uninformed audience at a rodeo that maybe will never see another rodeo in their entire lives except for the one that they happen to be at right there that day. They're, they're tourists or they're people who are not in the agricultural industry and they're, they're people that are literally coming to the rodeo maybe as a, uh, just as entertainment. To, to, to be entertained. So both of those two audiences are going to watch everything that you do. And the people that are informed of the rodeo, if they see you jerking on a horse, they're going to know that you have a character flaw. You, the person has a character flaw. If somebody who's uninformed about the sport of rodeo sees you jerking on a horse, they're going to assume that everybody in rodeo has a character flaw and that you are an indicator of the whole sport. And so we were at a, a, a rodeo the other day and uh, it was actually a really powerful thing that I, I watched a guy miss one, um, started to really get off, uh, get on his horse real bad and um, was not the horse's fault to the level that he was trying to um, get after him. And another guy actually stepped out of the, the roping box and put his hand on his leg and just said stop and the guy kind of froze and I, I don't know what the dynamic was there I didn't know either of the two gentlemen but for me that was really powerful to watch because that was somebody who just about did a really bad disservice to their industry by being a really bad example of what could happen when you get loose or angry to you and then you had somebody the same thing who was the type of person that that actively walked out and said you know what man to man I want to make you a better person and so I'm going to I'm going to hold you accountable in this moment right now. And it, that, you know, that's, that's a 15 second moment in a two and a half hour rodeo, but that froze me. I was so excited in that moment. Um, on, on the indicative side, I got to be at the end of just watching, just, just in the stands like any other ticket holder. And um, Trevor Brazil won something. I, I don't even know which year it was or, or what it was, but all I remember is Trevor Brazil comes out, he has to get off his horse to take the little picture in front of the buck and shoots with the saddle. I think it was one the all around because it was right in the middle. And I still remember this. Everybody else that had come out 
Nobody else uncinched their horse. Trevor Brazil got off his horse and uncinched his horse and then handed his horse off to somebody else. I, I don't I don't know if those other guys uncinched their horses back behind the chutes. I'm not saying anything wrong about anybody else. But in that moment, I was like, oh, yeah, that's why that dude's the face of rodeo. That's why that guy's the face of rodeo, because he literally in front of this amazing crowd of thousands upon thousands of people winning a world championship in which he has the moment should have the right to bask in the spotlight of like, oh, yeah, I'm that good. This is me. He takes the five seconds to lift up a front cinch and loosen it. And I, that floored me for some reason. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's why he's a class act. Like, that's, that's awesome. And, and so that's probably the two places that I can, I can point to that as an announcer I see a lot of is that I, I see the entertainment value. I see the professional production level because we have to remember from the announcer side that we are – supplying entertainment yes we're supplying a competition but we're supplying entertainment you know it's kind of like when you think about it if, if any of you guys have had the opportunity to go to a uh, a football game or a baseball game or a hockey game but at, at like a professional level of a pro or you know an nhl nfl nba game whatever you can watch on tv but that experience of being live is just wow you know the lights and the sound and stuff we in the rodeo industry have to realize that that same thing is happening I'm not a, I, I never played football, but I like going to a football game because it's entertaining. You know, I never played basketball, but I like going to a basketball game because it's entertaining and I like the sports in general. And as rodeo people, we have to remember that, that uh, it's not all about us, the competitors on the ground. It really is about the, the perception because any rodeo that you go to, you're probably of those two audiences. The majority of those people are going to be the uninformed audience that are there for the entertainment. And if we can let them leave with a positive experience, they see a classy, well-run event that has a really professional production value, and they see people of high character value competing, and the sportsmanship of, of bulldoggers sharing horses and bull riders pulling each other's ropes and, you know, all of that. If they see that, they leave with that same feeling of what they could be on the negative side, seeing that somebody's a bad example for a whole sport they see a whole sport as a good example of the way they might want to live their lives and then rodeo gains as a whole. And then we gain that traction inside the sport. Riley and Peyton, are you guys familiar with what's happening in California right now with rodeo? Yeah. Yeah. Can you shed a little bit of light on that for everybody and kind of tell them what's happening and, and what our industry is kind of facing right now? So, um, they're trying to stop rodeo animal abuse, and they're trying to and then it's also happening with uh 4-H and other like uh, like livestock shows they're trying to ban all that because they think it's animal cruelty well yeah. I know too in in like uh, what, what county is it more of the area more by San Francisco they're kind of starting with the smaller things, like they've banned medicine at certain rodeos. And so they're just kind of slowly getting a foothold you know, in the door of, you know, get one thing um, banned and then they just kind of try to keep adding, adding on to that. I think it's also with like Santa Cruz um, area too. So there's like multiple counties. I know LA County is really trying to push it, but there's also other counties up more um, by San Francisco that have have succeeded in seeing those smaller things banned, and they're trying they keep trying to 
get more uh, more things banned too. Yeah. So do the rest of you guys know what that means that as even just one state and New York is doing the same thing as one city starts to get this stuff passed. Do you know what that what what that's going to create for all of us? A precedence. Yes, it's going to be a ripple effect because there are way more uneducated people than there are educated people. So that means that we all have a huge role to play in being the person and you guys are young and it's going to be a challenge for you sometimes that if you see a friend doing that to be the person to put your hand on their leg and say stop. That's going to be your responsibility and it's a lot for anybody to take on but if we don't take that on and if we don't educate our friends that are unfamiliar with it then it's going to take over one at a time and we're not going to have the big crowds and the huge venues Mm -hmm. so that's just something that you guys need to keep in mind as you are at these events and as you're competing and as you hear people start saying things or bashing things we get to stand up for our sport and our lifestyle that we love so much and say hey hey, hold on a second let's talk about this Mm -hmm. so just be aware of that as you continue to rodeo and and when you get frustrated and especially when you're in the arena that somebody is always watching always yeah okay so from a coach's point of view you know you're so he's a, a college rodeo coach so what's some advice you have from a coach's point of view honestly the exact same thing somebody's always watching like somebody's always watching and rodeo is a small community Somebody knows somebody that knows you. Even if I don't know you, somebody knows somebody that knows you. College rodeo is amazing. It's a blast. I'm a huge proponent of it, obviously. Like, I really enjoy it. When kids come talk to me and we, we try to look at kids that we want to build our program around. Uh, actually, my wife and I were just kind of talking about this today because we're going to we're heading from here to the Colorado high school uh, finals. And so we were just just kind of brainstorming between each of us, you know, some of the things that we look for talent is is obviously a big thing that we see because it's the first thing that you see when somebody rides in the box i mean we can all admit that there we've we've sat there and watched a uh, a rodeo and you see somebody come out and take that first swing and the minute they take their first swing they're like oh that person's not going to catch because you see a flaw in their fundamentals I'm, I'm not trying to bash anybody i'm just saying sometimes you you see that or um we've all watched a bull ride and and the, you know, the second jump, somebody gets way, way, you know, far forward or something. And uh, all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're not going to be able to cover. They're, that's that's going to go poorly from this point on. So we, we see talent. The thing that I really emphasize though, is talent can be improved like all the time. We can work on talent. We, we can lift weights. We can put in the reps. You can rope more calves and ride more practice horses and get on a bucking machine and, and go to clinics. You can improve talent. Ta- talent is nothing but what a skill set is and what you know how to do and how many reps you've got. And we, we can work on that. I can't work on your character. I, I can't change the person that you are. If you're somebody who's not going to listen to somebody else, if you're somebody who's not going to be respectful, I'm not going to deal with you for four years. I'm done. You're, God bless your parents. They dealt with you for 18. But if you're if you're being a little turkey about things and you're not going to be somebody who I enjoy, you know, hanging out with or, or somebody 
would enjoy actually practicing with if I was competing with you as well. Um, that that's honestly the biggest deal breaker for me, 100%. And that, that can be indicated by a lot of things. Um, there's a very fine line between making a run and knowing you didn't make a great run and kind of going, dang it, you know, kind of like, it's okay to have a moment of frustration. Like we were talking earlier, there's no big deal, but the throwing a fit, like throwing your rope across the arena or jerking on your horse or stuff like that, that that's the things that I look at. Um, and then it, it ties in. What do you do after that? What, what do you do next? Um, we get to, to see a lot of the students that, that come up in the college rodeo. We get to see them a lot of weeks in a row. And so, you know, somebody's always watching because if you do it once, I'll probably give you the benefit of the doubt of like, oh, that person really screwed up, made a bad run. Emotions got the best of them for one run. No big deal. You do it twice. All of a sudden, I look at that as a habit. That's that's a character quality then. So um, there's nothing wrong with being human and making a mistake. There is something wrong with making the same mistake over and over and over and over again in the uh, in the context of, of the character that you have. Uh, how you treat people is huge to me. Um, if I, I'm a big proponent of positive or negative. So if I hear somebody giving me excuses about why somebody's better because their mom bought them a better barrel horse or the, the oh, I'd rope that good too if I had a covered arena uh, in my backyard. I hear that a lot sometimes and I just go, no, 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 you wouldn't because that guy lives two miles down the road from you and they'd let you come practice. I know you, I know them. If you wanted to go practice, you could take the school bus to his house and you'd be just fine. So don't, don't give me any of that. You know, that that's, that's, there's, there's uh, you know, something about it. If you, if your positive response though is, man, that guy's really good. You know, I need to go spend some more time at their place. Like that's probably something I should do. Same thing. That talent of yours, we can elevate it. We can lift it up. But if you've got the bad attitude of why somebody else has got an advantage over you, then I, I can't help you because then you think that advantage is insurmountable and you're, you're not going to be able to get past it. Um, well, I, I think look, on that real quick, Brandon, like there's a, if you're limiting yourself based on what you see other people doing, then you're not taking it to the full level. So Billy Huber is, he's been to the NFR a couple of times and he did eventually build an indoor arena, but the two times that he made it to the NFR, he had an outdoor arena in Iowa that was sandy. In Iowa, it gets really cold and it totally freezes. Like it's negative degrees sometimes. And he tarped his calf lane and he would go out there and he would scoop the snow off of it and untarp his arena in the middle of the winter because he wanted it bad enough because he had the character because he had the heart to do it. And he wasn't comparing himself to anybody else. He was making it happen, however he had to, with the means that he had to make it happen. So that's just something to keep in mind. If there is a will, there is a way. Perfect. Um, can, I, can I answer these two questions that, that we just had people type in? You bet. Yep, we've got three of them. Okay, so I got, oh yeah, no, no, it just popped up, okay. Um, so I'll kind of start from the, I'll go bottom, top, middle here. So which rodeos do I announce at? So I wrote, I announce um, mostly rodeos in Colorado. Um, we have the Colorado Pro Rodeo Association, which is is kind of our state rodeo association. And I do a lot of those rodeos. Uh, I do a lot of just open rodeos. Uh, the announcing business is kind of, um, they call it an old boys network because it's, 
it's a lot of the people who are the big time announcers like Bob Tallman and Boyd, you know, Boyd and, and, and Randy Corley, they've been announcing the rodeos that they announce right now for like 30 plus years. And so there's really like very small opportunities just bit by bit by bit by bit that if you get the opportunity to announce a rodeo, you'll probably do that rodeo for years. If you, if you are professional and courteous and you, you know, do the job right, but then you're also, you know, making sure that you, you talk to people. So um, it, it's very small. It's like, I, like I said, I've been announcing since 2017. This will be the first year that I get to announce a PRCA rodeo. And the reason I get a PRCA rodeo is because actually it was an amateur rodeo last year that I got to announce and they went pro and I already had my pro car, uh, which is a, a big kind of a process you got to go through. And they were, I, I guess, they enjoyed me enough and I was blessed enough that they decided to have enough faith in me to ask me to come with them to go to be a pro rodeo. So um, it's, it's a very slow, slow progression. It's not like competing where it's like, Nope, I'm going to buy my pro card, slap your mouth and, and enter. You have to have a committee that has faith in you. So most of the rodeos I do right here, um, I also announce lots of sporting events, baseball games, hockey games, um, you know, things that basically pay the bills. And I do have a lot of fun at them. And then I also work for Clinton Anderson, uh, doing his down under horsemanship tours and so i i am his uh, yeah well that you remember one time i called you because i was asking how far you were for Demo from des moines and yeah. that was why that was why i was there I was he did a, a clint anderson show there we did a we did a two-day tour stop there um very cool yeah so that was that was something that i've got to do with him um uh, which is a blast by the way like one that dude is so talented and he's another one of those gentlemen that I have really grown to respect by professionalism as a like, as the show that he puts on for people and how he like involves a crowd to make them really like have that focus. He's, he's very, very, uh, he's somebody who really understands that big picture. He does a really good job of it. And I've learned a ton from the way he does his shows. So um, yeah, that's a whole side note, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, so I got, I'll kind of skip down. So I got started with rodeo cause I was lucky enough to, to rodeo my dad pro rodeoed, uh, my mom rodeoed. I, I was lucky enough to be born in the sport. So I, I got lucky to, to be a part of it all the way through high school rodeo college. And, uh, and then when I walked away from rodeo for a couple of years, like I said, to pursue some other things, I was very, very lucky that then when I came back, from that, I still had a family connection to it. So I was able to kind of jump in with both feet. Um, and I went rodeoing pretty hard actually as a competitor when I came back and then the, um, skipping to the next question is why did I want to be an announcer is I had no idea I could be an announcer. This is a really weird thing for me to say now in my life. Um, but I always just competed. I never, I never even looked at the production side. I, I did all of this work in stage and theater and music and, and film and shooting commercials and all of this other work that I did like through high school and, and college. And I never looked at rodeo as a performance opportunity as I've been preaching to you this whole video of like a, a professional production didn't even register on my radar. Don't know why didn't think about it. Wasn't even something I was doing because I was a computer. That's, that's where my mindset was at that time is that I was somebody that uh, you had to enter. And so honestly, I, I came back from Seattle after I'd spent some time there, I got back into rodeo and I got back into competing. Um, some friends of mine here locally do this really cool team rope jackpot for fun every year. And my wife wanted to enter and I was kind of like on the fence because it was a handicap and I, I didn't really have any partners that I could rope with that would, you know, have let me be in the handicap. It was like a number 10 roping or something. And this buddy calls me. He's like, 
well, hey, man, you got to be here anyways because your wife's going to enter. Why don't you just like bring your laptop and like you've been to some ropes and stuff. Just play some cool music and crack some jokes and announce for us and it'll be really fun. And, and like we'll pay your fees or something at the rope. And I was like, that's great. Let's do it. That's awesome. <laughs> and I had a blast like I was, you know, I had a full repertoire of dad jokes that I'd got off the Internet and we were just, you know, stuck wasn't even really announcing it was just me like bantering with all the people in the roping who happened to all be locals and people that i knew and then somebody came up and asked me to to hey this was really cool would you do a little britches rodeo and i was like well yeah sure like oh hey would you do our high school rodeo yeah great and then all of a sudden my wife was like you know you should really look at like if you could do this because it's kind of fun for you and i went Oh yeah, like rodeos have announcers, don't they? I mean, I really, I really that thought press literally that crossed my brain of like, oh wow, yeah, there's announcers at rodeos too, not just team ropings. That would be kind of fun. Maybe I should talk to people about that. And then uh, she knew a gentleman by the name of Derek Barton, who's a PRC announcer and a PRC music director that that lived in the town where she grew up at. And I, as I told you guys earlier, I just called. I just called him and I said, hey man, talk to me. Like, how hard is it to make a living? what I mean what do you get paid is it possible to make a living you know how much do you have to travel to make that living there are opportunities to to get started in it now what would you do and he was this amazing wealth of knowledge and answered all my questions and then I went to a at that time Chad Nicholson who, who's since passed away did a rodeo announcing seminar in Fort Worth every year during the Fort Worth rodeo I went to his seminar um and it was awesome because he's just, he was this amazing wealth of knowledge as well and, and had this whole thing put together for days where you got to be in a room with like-minded individuals and it was awesome. And then when I came back, Derek actually hooked me up a couple of my first uh, first gigs, which are these two really outstanding rodeos in uh, Carbondale and Snowmoss, Colorado that, that Darcy Vold rolls one and, and the committee here in Carbondale runs another one and they're tourist rodeos. So that was huge for me because they were rodeos that were actually already really established and I got to do them like 11 weeks in a row. So that was really, really fun for me because I got to come into like two of these um, organizations, especially at Snowmass where, where Darcy runs. She runs such an amazing rodeo and she's just obviously, so, she's so integrated in the industry. It was amazing to be able to, to just instantaneously see that professionalism. And from there, it's just been like, oh yeah, this is going to work. So um, that was that was kind of great of how to get started. And then we just we go out. So um, now I want to be an announcer because I, I just love the sport. Like I just I, I love this sport. I mean, I literally get to go to these rodeos and I get to be excited about people's. I get to be excited that people are watching a rodeo. I get to be excited about people's success in the arena. I get to watch rodeo. I mean, my job is literally to watch rodeos. I mean, it's it, you know, it's a dream come true. Um, so it's, it's awesome. My Peyton, my favorite rodeo to announce at my favorite rodeo to announce at that I've done. Oof. I'll give you, I'll give you two. One would be Snowmass that rodeo I talk about just because it is literally like 97% of the people in the stands are the, the people that I talk about that are the uneducated and it'll be the first rodeo they ever see. And they are so excited. It is so just thrilling to see all these people who don't really even have a clue about the intricacies of our sport they they you could put two bull rides in front of them and they wouldn't know they would not be able to tell you which one was better than the other one at all but they are so excited because this is just they're right next to the action it's just thrilling 
Um, the other one for me actually is I, I was voted in by the CPRA to, to do their finals. Um, the, the last time they had a finals last year, they didn't because of COVID. And that was really special to me because I had served for a couple of years on their board. Um, I had made the CPRA finals multiple times um, with other people and actually had got to make it once with my dad team roping with him. And so it was kind of really cool for full circle experience to me. And they did a very professional production um, and it was, it was awesome. So that was, um, that's probably my two favorite ones. One, one for the, the crowd and the professionalism of it. And the other one, cause it's, it's a very professional rodeo, but just because of what the association uh, meant to me and, and meant to my family. So those are probably the two, two of the biggest ones. Um, Camry, that's a great question because unfortunately now that Chad has passed away, there is one or two gentlemen that have talked about um, starting some, some schools, um, one down in Mississippi and one in Texas. Um, both, both of the gentlemen are uber professionals. Um, I think, I think Andy was one of them and he actually did the NFR two years ago. Um, so he's obviously at, at the very peak of his craft. Um, another one I think was, um, boy, I'm, I'm totally going to butcher this. I think it was Matt Ginn talked about it one time about doing it. Uh, Max, another guy who's phenomenal. He does just finals every year, you know, amongst a lot of other rodeos. Um, same thing. I would tell you, um, do any of you guys, uh, who, uh, Garrett Jurgen is, do you guys know him? So Garrett, Garrett is the voice of a lot of things right now. Um, he did the, but he's young. Garrett's very, very young, very young, but he told a story time about the fact that the way he got his start was he showed up at the lazy E arena and asked Clem McSpadden or got the opportunity to announce slack with Clem McSpadden, who's a legend in our, in our stuff. So just ask, just he was ask. like 16 years old. Yeah. He was, he was 19 when he got the IPRA finals. He's the youngest person ever to get the IPRA finals. And now yeah. he's, now he's the voice of the American and Cheyenne frontiers days this year. Um, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of the wunderkind in the space and he, and he's phenomenal. He's, he's amazing. Um, but same thing, just had, you, you talk about, you want to learn about announcing rodeos, come to my house. I'll come to my house. We'll talk all day long. Um, you want to make a couple of rodeos? Come on, bring a chair, come up in the booth with me. Um, all, you know, the other thing, if, if you want to talk about rodeo announcing is, um, always if there's a rodeo in your hometown. There's all, they're always looking for somebody to announce slack. A lot of a lot of PRCA announcers, big time announcers that have really big perfs and stuff. Um, if the slacks are big, they don't they they prefer not to announce the slacks just because it is some like wear and tear and you know a lot of hours to be there while they need to be preparing for other stuff. You can always go ask somebody if they'll let you announce slack or team roping producers, barrel racing producers always are always looking for for announcers. Um, and you can you know uh, get the opportunity to announce. Um, call me. I'll tell you what music programs i use i'll tell you how you 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 do stuff i mean same thing just ask we're, we're always willing to talk and we're always willing to help out uh, every gig that i have ever gotten save three came from other announcers that's a big part of the industry that we talk about is um all those gigs at least when you start out are probably going to come from other announcers because you're going to get another announcer that says that gets a phone call from an established rodeo and they'll be booked already I'll say, hey, you know, but I'm booked, but I know the other guy, um, or I know this, you know, I know this person that's that's starting out. I've got faith in them; they're going to do a good job, and that's just kind of a big indicator in our industry of if if me as an announcer will put my name behind another announcer, then that he's probably going to go to that next down the list that we suggested. 
because they need somebody that they know can do the professional job. And so um, that's a really good way. If, if I did, that's how I did it, working with Derek and with a, some, some rattle talent, um, Bob Madmans, Clayton Everhart, Jay Dial, some, some other announcers that I got a lot of respect for that um, we almost have like this almost JW Kinder knowing um, we almost got this like rotating call book now of like, oh, you're booked, but you're not booked. Like I, I can tell you what most of these guys' skills are because if they do get double booked, they put it out to our group first of, hey, does anybody got a weekend open? So it, it's a lot of professional courtesy and a lot of professionalism because we trust each other and we know that if we put our names out there, person A, B, C, or D are going to do a professional job. And so then that committee is going to be satisfied and then we're all still going to have jobs later on when we uh, – when we go to it. So, um, okay. I'll, I'll go, well, I'll go here. I'm not Zoe. I'm not ignoring you. Well, but in fact, Zoe, I'll get to you right now. 2.0. If you're going to college rodeo, you got to have 2.0. Um, you have to take 12 credits per semester to attempt that GPA. And then you have to keep a 2.0 for actual college eligibility. For my rodeo program, I ask that you keep a 2.5 because I don't want to ever have to be playing, um, that type of a close game with, with your GPA. I want you to have some leeway room. So I tell my kids, I got to keep it 2.5. Uh, it's uh, something very possible to do. The nice thing about college rodeo is most all colleges have amazing access to tutors and to people who are willing to help you. And so same as anything, if you're having trouble, you can ask and you can ask for help and help is available. So yet another place where I emphasize that same point. Uh, uh, my favorite pump up songs. <sighs> I'm a big fan of in my head, just because that one's awesome. Like it just that beat, like right at the beginning, hits that. I totally, I know, totally feel that that was Chad Nicholson's, like the two rodeos that I shadowed him at. That was always the song that he requested from his music director. But to me, that's just like it's just something about it. It's like I just I love that song. Um, the other one would actually be i've really been obsessed over lecrae like he's this really great christian rapper and there's he like does some songs coming in hot by lecrae has been like my my favorite like pump up song as well it's i really really enjoy it there's one that i have been getting pumped up in like i didn't used to listen that much christian music but there's some like amazing stuff Dude, out there right now that in that in, yeah you to watch the progression like i was a big time dc talk fan like back in the day you know yeah. and there are some groups that are doing some really great things right now like some of yeah. andy minio lecrae yeah like awesome stuff yeah there's some really cool pump up pump up songs and just yeah it's changed when you listen when you go through the music stations on the radio it's not just like oh skip skip it's like oh yeah. what was that Oh. Yeah, like Shazam on your iPhone, greatest app ever invented. Yeah, every rodeo, like every rodeo, every sporting event. Like, I, I mean, the other day I walked into a restaurant. And I was like, oh my god, well that that song would be perfect for blank. Like that would be yeah. a great whatever. And my my Shazam list on my phone is like pages long and pages long because I'm always looking for new stuff. Yeah, movies too. Movies yeah. are like you can yep. Shazam movies and stuff yep. now. And you can do it on Snapchat. Do you guys know yeah. that? I, know I did not know that. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big snapper. I'm not a big Snapchatter. I'm not as big as I used to be, but yeah. I did. Know I need to get you. better. I need. I need to get better because I realize that's an outlet that I don't utilize enough. <sighs> There's only so many outlets you can utilize in a day. 
true. Well, thank you so much, Brandon. This was awesome. So much good information. Like I, I hope you guys learned some stuff because I learned a lot today. Thank you guys. And thank you for letting me follow Hunter. That wasn't like pressure or anything. That guy's <laughs> seriously one of my heroes. I, I, so I got to know, I got to know Hunter actually about two years ago. Um, he was uh, spending a lot of time in Colorado, some of the, the rodeos there. He came in and actually roped calves with some family of mine just to, as a place to practice and um, stay through in a couple nights. And like the, the, the class act that that man is in his interviews is 100% genuine. Like I, I, I cannot even begin to explain to you guys of everything that we've talked about here today that, that we're talking about, about the asking people for help, what your work ethic looks like and, and how you can rodeo and keep your, your money together, your competitive edge together, all of that. Like that dude is a textbook in and of himself. So, you know, um, kudos to you for, for reaching out to him. I had, I had actually gave it about a week and a half after the American and I called him too. I was like, all right, man, when I'm signing you up for a speaking event, like I want you, I want you to come to my school and I, I want you to be my, my uh, keynote speaker for an event. Like, let's get this thing signed up. He's like, yeah, I've, I've had a couple people reach out to me. And I said, yeah, I, I, I bet you have. I mean, for someone to handle something of that magnitude with such class uh, and then just to, man, I mean, step right back up in the stirrup and just fire the next couple of days and through the rest of the season is just amazing. So yeah, um, it's yeah. been so cool to watch and follow his journey over the last yeah. You know, I didn't really know him before that. Not dang sure put him on the map. And now that you know who he is, man, he is mm -hmm. on fire and unstoppable. Like there's no yeah. turning back for him now. Yeah. No, that dude's that dude's the real deal. He is he yes. is very much so the real deal. Yeah. So awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me on. Yes. And if you ever have any questions about College Rodeo or Colorado Mesa University. Brandon is literally your guy. He's the coach and he can set you up and he can get you headed in the right direction. I know most of you are a couple years still away from that, but you can never start too soon on putting your name out there and starting to ask questions and making sure you set yourself up for success in that. Heck yeah. Thank you for tuning in to the rodeokids.com podcast. We appreciate you more than you know. If you like what you heard today, please share, follow, and tag RodeoKids.com on your favorite social media site. We have Instagram, Facebook, and we recently added TikTok. We also love to see it when you guys tag us in your posts, and we do our best to make sure you get added to our RodeoKids.com stories, and if they're good videos, then we can also add them to our website. I also want to encourage all of you to check out the RodeoKids.com coaching calls created to support the whole family. If you're a competitor looking for that advantage to take you to the next level and get you one step closer to achieving your goals, please reach out to us. We are also here for parents who get to be coaches as well. We know that there is a tough balance and it's not something that you can always read in a textbook or gain advice from because not only are you coaching in the arena, running the shoot, but you're also the bus driver and you get to do the laundry and cook and clean and be a part of the entire process and a little support and communication could go a long ways. So schedule a rodeokids.com coaching call to get some ideas and some strategies on how to keep your family communicating and working together 
while chasing those gold buckle dreams. Until next time, safe travels, good luck, and God bless.